Hey, Olivia. Hey, Ashley. Welcome to Drunk of the Book Club, a podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Cheers. Cheers. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Ooh, what is that? Oh my God. This is my new favorite drink. It is eggnog <laughs> with sparkling water okay. and a little bit of extra rum because we got this eggnog that already has rum in it. Interesting. And so it's got a little a little extra. Nice. Which I, I was like, I don't just like drink eggnog straight up, but I wanted to try some. And mm-hmm. so I saw that we had sparkling water, and so I added it. Nice. And it almost is like a cream soda. That sounds good. It's funny that you're drinking that because Carmen Maria Machado, that author, mm-hmm. had just tweeted something about how she drinks eggnog every year, and I was going to oh. retweet it, making an office joke where Phyllis says, this is, what she say? She goes, I forget about milk. This is a great reminder. And so I wanted to say, like, <laughs> I forget about eggnog. This is a great <laughs> reminder. Wait, that is a great but, response. <laughs> But I was like, what if what if they hate the office? I don't know. So then I was just like, I'm gonna stay stay out of it. But now you're drinking. You should do it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. I mean, it's like eggnog itself is so, so heavy and syrupy that like the most I will usually have in it in a whole holiday year, because I actually do like the flavor or the like Puerto Rican version of Coquito. I like the flavor, but it's so heavy. So usually I'll just, like, take a little sips, you know? Yeah. But this actually makes it into a drink that's drinkable because you nice. can put a lot of sparkling water in it. Yeah. And it kind of makes it look like a tiki drink. And I can yeah. do that. Yeah. Nice. But I have sprinkles and pumpkin pie spice on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> the sprinkles part is really amazing. Yeah. I love that. I'm very jealous right now. It's pretty fancy. (laughs) Also, though, these sprinkles, I think, are, like, at least a decade old. (laughs) Not so jealous anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you shouldn't be. But it's, like, sugar. No, I'm sure they're fine. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, one day, next grocery order, I'll have to order all those supplies. What are you drinking? White wine. Uh, it's from that box my mom sent me. It is Ooh. a Sauvignon Blanc. Stone That's and a good... Glass is the name. What's it called? Stone and Glass. Ooh, that yeah. sounds very hip. Yeah, it looks very hip. It tastes <laughs> very hip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm glad we talked about drinks. Oh, yeah. We didn't forget how to do that part of the podcast. Nope, still know how to drink. Actually, I kind of feel like I don't know how to drink. I very rarely do. <laughs> yeah. I've had, like, only wine for the last, like, if I have anything to drink, it's wine for the last five months, probably. And so <laughs> I feel like it's similar. If I picked up, like, a cocktail right now, I'd probably not be able to handle it at all. And even then, it's not like I drink, like, wine is a heavy thing to drink on your own, you know? It's like, you can drink a ton of it, so. Well, and the other thing about wine, though, is if you have a bottle that has a regular cork, you can't, like, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, kind of. 
but I'm not picky. I'll still drink it the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to let a bottle of wine go to waste. No, no. Even if even not. if it's two days, I'll be like, oh, tastes a little <laughs> sour now, but money well spent. <laughs> but it's like, for me, it feels like a pressure to be like, right. I want to drink it. But I usually don't have any interest in drinking an entire bottle of wine because I'm like a baby and that'll just make me feel sick now. Yeah, makes sense. And I feel like it's just heavy, too. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like, okay, I can't drink any more of this. Yeah, it's not like a white claw, I mean. <laughs> right. Hello. <laughs> pound those back. <laughs> just all day long, just pound a white claw. So what the kids good. say? This is light. I'm good. <laughs> so good. So easy. No problem. Give me ten cases. Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like practicing your facial like just white clawed out like and like and now we'll apply the exfoliator hold on one second <laughs> now let me just wax your eyebrow real quick <laughs> don't mind me yeah no problem doing all the procedures yeah exactly if anyone from state board is listening i am not in fact doing that Oh, God. <laughs> yes, that was a complete figment of my imagination. <laughs> that wouldn't even be fun, by the way. Like, it would not even be fun to be drinking and trying to, like, wax things. Like, Oh, my God. So no. Exhausting. I would have a panic attack <laughs> if I was trying to do that, actually. <laughs> All so right. anyways, what, what did we, we read? read? <laughs> uh, we read... Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close, by Aminatou So and Ad- Anne Friedman. <laughs> How much wine you <laughs> Literally just this much. <laughs> I poured it while you were sitting here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, Ad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's been a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I even practiced this before we started recording. Because I was like, I haven't said their names in forever. I want to just say them. Nailed it. Nailed Did it. Did I nail it here? No. <laughs> Sorry, Ad Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Ann Friedman's alter ego. That's like an ad man in the Mad Men yes. era. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. I can see that being the case. <laughs> For some reason, their name is <laughs> It's their nickname, eh? You know, it's like, because he works in the advertising business. <laughs> I don't know why I snapped my fingers It's jazzy. <laughs> like, oh man, they don't need to know I'm snapping. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just really excited to be back in this podcast chair. Apparently so. (laughs) Apparently so. Shoot. Okay. Okay. I mean, not too so. And Friedman is what I meant to say. Yes. What was it about? Okay. So I feel like this was kind of the perfect book for us to read coming back to this podcast because, of course, Mm -hmm. as our two followers know... This 
<laughs> pair, this fabulous duo, was the whole reason that we wanted to create Drink of the Book Club in the first place. Oh, it was so like emotional reading this, thinking about that too. And then you got this for me as a surprise too. <laughs> so it's just like the perfect, like, yeah, reunion back and like yeah. friendship long distance book yeah 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 exactly because we kind of like made this podcast because we were no longer living in the same area yeah and still wanted to get drunk and talk about (laughs) needed a reason to get on the phone (laughs) exactly we needed for subject matter (laughs) just kidding i mean also the fact that we tried to start one in real life and nobody showed up so we sort of had to go digital. There yeah. was no other way. Nobody else wanted to be our <laughs> no. friends. Yeah. Which is shocking. All we could do is turn virtual. This is like, we, we, we predicted virtual. the pandemic. That's the like, it. virtual friend thing. Yeah, actually with that said, when all those memes were coming out in the beginning-ish side of the pandemic, they're saying whatever you do don't start a podcast i was like thank god we already have one <laughs> even Been though there, done that we are gonna record for the first time in a while in the pandemic <laughs> we already had it it's fine <laughs> yeah take, take that meme people <laughs> mean memers <laughs> mean memers <laughs> mean memes <laughs> oh, so yeah yes what was the book about, Olivia? Um, well, it is split up into different sort of, I mean, I guess chapters, but they feel a little bit more like short little stories and mm-hmm. novels, I guess, inside the book. Um, I like that they told it from like sort of a neutral perspective and referred to both of themselves yeah. by name in this book. Um But yeah, they just sort of go through the struggles of meeting friends, staying friends, the efforts that you put into friendships, racial issues in friendships, partner issues in friendships. They cover it all. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And they like, I like how, like, the topic of friendship and in particular, like, as the title suggests, a big friendship, like, not just a casual acquaintanceship, but, like, the kind of friendships that you put, like, time and effort into, um, they look at that as a concept, but also, I mm-hmm. think, like, very specifically look at that within the context of their own lives and their own relationship. Right. Right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that. I feel like this was something, as someone who's been single for a long time and Mm -hmm. who has relied a lot on friendships as like the main relationships in my life Mm -hmm. I feel like this was something I was sort of struggling with for a while where the idea that it's like not acceptable to break up with a friend or Mm -hmm. that people will make you stay or not make you but urge you to stay in friendships longer Mm -hmm. than they would urge you to stay in a romantic relationship Or vice versa, people not putting in the same effort that you feel you want to put into a friendship um, and dealing with those issues. And so I like that they addressed a lot of that in here. And, you know, they end up going to therapy 
as friends and colleagues. Yeah. And I think that that's something that should be way more normalized. Yes. People should be able to go to relationship therapy with friends. With, totally. With, you know, platonic friends in their life. Yes. I loved that. Yes, me too. Yes. So after I was reading that part, I, I went to Michael and I was like, Michael, this is like so cool. Like they hit a rough, oh, spoiler alert. If you haven't read the book, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. a, that's a spoiler, but um, <laughs> like they, when they hit a rough patch in their relationship and couldn't figure out a way to like, you know, get back the magic in the ways right. that they maybe would have expected to, they saw a therapist and I just thought that was so cool too. Cause it's like, and they made the point, they were like, there isn't a lot of, there aren't a lot of therapists who will do therapy between platonic friends. Like it's, there's tons of therapists who work with families, with partners and couples, and even of course, in our very capitalist society between business partners, but platonic friends is super duper rare. So I was like, I feel like in some ways I'm hoping that their book destigmatizes that concept. Totally. Yeah. I think, you know, even if that is the more, air quotes, like extreme side of it, I think at the very least this book will help normalize having serious conversations with your friends about more than just what's good or bad in our lives, but what's good and bad in your own relationship with them. Totally. Yeah, some of like the language they were using, explaining how you say, well, do you think it's cold in here? Instead of saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm cold in here. Can we change that or do you have a blanket whatever like little things or things as small as that even I think will become more normalized in friendships or I hope yeah yeah totally yes and I think something that is interesting is kind of they bring up the point and I feel like we've talked about this before maybe when we were reading text me when you get home oh yeah I think that we were talking about similar concepts and the idea that There's kind of this, like, I don't know, mythos around friendship Mm -hmm. currently in society that friendship is supposed to be easy and light and friendship is supposed to be, like, a refuge. And if friendship is tough, then it just means that that person is toxic and cut them out of your life. And it's just like, well, no, like, friendship isn't easy. Like, maintaining a long-term relationship, whether it's familial, romantic, or platonic friendship, like... That takes work. Takes it takes work, yeah. managing conflicts. It takes, like, knowing how to communicate well. And I just don't feel like we have a lot of great examples to look to in, like, just, like, yeah. the common, like, cultural or social milieu. Except for, as they pointed out, like, Oprah and Gail. Like, that's right. it. <laughs> I mean, and that's the classic, though. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everyone knows that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was interesting, too, as they were talking about you know, when friendships started becoming more stigmatized or, Mm -hmm. you know, being more, like, touchy-friendly with friends stopped being okay and it became only with partners and how people used to walk down the street holding hands and men used to walk down the street with arms around each other and it was expected that your friend was someone that you were close with. um, Right. And how that slowly started, you know going away as it became set that like you could only do that with your partner your husband your wife your whatever 
Yeah. So I thought that was interesting too. Well, yeah. And it's interesting because like, as they pointed out, friendship, what it looks like has definitely like changed over time. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, I mean, before maybe that, this book and that book that we've read, I don't think that I've spent much time. I'm not like a historian thinking about what friendship has looked like in different years and what has been right. considered normal in friendship. I've just kind of been like, oh yeah, like what I understand about friendship is what humans understand about friendship, which is clearly right. not true. It's like very <laughs> influenced by uh, the culture. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you're right. I kind of forgot that we did read a book where we talked about a lot of the stuff <laughs> already, um, but now it's all coming back to me. But yeah, I mean, it is something that we've talked about a bit now, just in regards to like the evolution of friendships and mm-hmm. what that's meant, both good and bad. You know, I think we're back on the good side of it, where hopefully it means that like it's more normalized to have conversations and stuff. But yeah, it's still, I mean, obviously it didn't even stay with me long enough to do more research on it before. <laughs> but now it, it feels fresh again. And it's, it's an interesting, uh, I don't know, something I kind of want to spend more time with and yeah. look up more. Like as the sort of rules around friendship changed, is that around the same time that like the age that people got married was lowering too? Yeah, I think so. I feel like there was some sort of like correlation, but maybe I'm wrong. I think there was also like a a big change. And I think they mentioned this in Big Friendship, um, a big change around like the role of romance versus friendship. Mm -hmm. And like, and they mentioned this too, the idea that nowadays it's so common to hear somebody be like, oh, my partner is my best friend versus... In, right. in earlier eras when marriage was more, well, for certain classes of people in certain areas, marriage was a little bit more of a business transaction, Yeah. then you wouldn't necessarily be relying on your spouse to be your best friend. You would have like, <laughs> you'd be like, okay, we're going to procreate. We got to eat some meals together. But other than right. that, we're going to fuck alone and I'm going to go right. hang out with my friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, that sounds like an interesting life. I might be able to get get by with that (laughs) well I'm watching the crown right now and like that's kind of how Elizabeth and Philip are where it's like they do their own thing they don't sleep in the same room because that's like what poor people do (laughs) of course (laughs) just like they're like I have to go to Zimbabwe for like this royal tour like see you when I see you and it's like where were you oh I don't even remember where were you oh I don't even remember like interesting I think that's the life for me I think I found it (laughs) (laughs) sounds great (laughs) oh man anyways um there was like a couple parts in here that I was like oh I want to mention those but Oh, well, one, I just appreciated that when you mentioned partner, it reminded me, but when they're talking about chosen family, Mm -hmm. something I appreciate about both of them is that, like, they, it seems like they often try to make sure that, like, they do an explanation of where terminology has come from and how, like, Mm -hmm. they talk about in there that, you know, it's a term that a lot of people use, but it's a term that, like, LGBTQ community has been forced to use for a long time. Right because of, like, the hardships that they've had in families and having to, you know, not always be allowed to stay with their families and everything. So I I appreciate that they, for the most part, you know, at least what I can tell, always try Mm -hmm. to 
do a little note about where phrases, important things come from. Yeah. I also didn't know all the drama around shine theory. I didn't know that, like, that weird gym that was promoting diets to women had gotten the website and the name. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. I did not know. (laughs) Although I'm not surprised, because I feel like I have seen, just, like, through Instagram or whatever, like, people co-opting very shine theory adjacent language and messaging and being like but it being like very corporate whitewashed feminism you know like gross just marketing essentially (laughs) so I was like whoa I had no idea but I was very unsurprised because of course of course fucking capitalism is going to take something that's beautiful and wonderful and uplifting and genuine and turn it into a fucking commercial destroy it totally (laughs) i mean but also i get it it's a great phrase yeah shine theory is solid i understand why everyone wants to use it (laughs) but speaking of not knowing the drama were you as i were you shocked about their like rift i was shocked i was just like what I was shocked. (laughs) I wasn't shocked because I would only assume that, like, I don't know, if I spent all of my time talking to someone, they were my best friend or big friend, and I did a full-time job with them, and I did a full-time, you know, three other jobs with them, I probably would have like some withholding (laughs) feelings you know like it kind of just made sense it's not that I wasn't surprised that it happened it just was like uh makes sense that people would do with something to me it was like I was not surprised like at the concept of it happening like I also agree it seems like a very like oh of course but the fact that they were like still recording every single week like I definitely had noticed that the podcast had shifted in tone. Like, it was much less of them, like, chatting amongst themselves. It was way more, like, interviews of other people. They would just do the intro, outro. But I figured that was just they were getting so busy and, like, you know, they were doing all these live shows. They were doing all of their other work. And so that I figured that that was, like, a time-saving device or, like, a – a branching right. out, trying to, like, be more than just, like, two people talking. Right. <laughs> two men no, talking. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really solid format, by the way. Oh, yes, yes. But... <laughs> it's a very good format. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best format. <laughs> yeah, in fact. Um, no, I get what you're saying. I do, yeah, it, I guess it is a little bit surprising when you think of, like, you know, there was, there was no hitch in the, in the process there. Like nothing really, I mean, yes, there were changes in format a little bit, but no significant alterations in what was happening or being produced, you know? Like I, like hearing that they got to the point where they were like, we're going to have to like, not only dissolve the business, but like dissolve our friendship. Like when they were talking about like, you know, thinking like maybe one day in twenty years we'll run into each other at some grandkids like wedding or I don't know if that that's was the true. Dude, but I was like, I was like, oh my god, I had no idea that they were like to the point where they were envisioning their right. lives like 
fully separate. Not even just like we're less involved, but like fully separate. It That's felt true. to me almost like, and I've never experienced this, but it felt to me like how somebody would feel if they found out like that one of their parents had like seriously come close to divorcing the other parent or like their parents had seriously almost broken up but you had no idea in your childhood you find it out like later and they're like yeah we almost got divorced honey and I'm like man I mean not to what (laughs) moms moms yeah I mean I I did I I forgot there was a couple lines like that that kind of freaked me out and I think one of them was when they were talking about going to therapy I think and I don't remember who said which sentence but one of them was like yeah I think we should like go to therapy to talk about you know our future or whatever and the other one responded I think it was Aminatu that responded that was like yeah I was getting used to the idea that we would have to do this or that we would have to never talk again or something like that where I was like yeah whoa what like it was that bad. Why didn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you let anyone know that you guys were struggling? Yes. Yeah, That's it was. True. I remember that line. It was something like, like, yeah, I, I figured, or not I, because I don't speak in the I, but like, right. And I mean, not you, or Anne figured, like, might as well try to go to therapy because otherwise it's just going to be like the, the worst that could happen is we'll never be friends again and then the best thing we could happen is like or what was it no it was like it's gonna be really really hard to do therapy together but it's also gonna be really really hard to like not be friends with each other anymore and those are the only two options and I was like yeah yeah it's like whoa excuse me ma'ams please reach out for help (laughs) but actually it kind of is like I don't know there's like so much like, the idea that maybe they felt that they had to hide that. and They don't really right. go into how much they felt like they had to hide it. But, I mean, you can kind of assume that maybe they felt like they had to hide it for the brand, for the whatever. That's just right. kind of, that is kind of sad. That is sort It of is depressing. sad, yeah. Because, like, I, that's true. Because at that point, it's not even just them. There's other people, like, in the business that rely on that, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah. They're sort of forced to keep under wraps. I feel like this is turning into like a fan podcast instead it of It kind of feels podcast. like it. It totally like does. It's really sad they forced them to keep it under wraps <laughs> is what I heard. I know. We're just like making all of these like assumptions. Like they made a very like purposeful choice of what they wanted to put in and what they didn't. Right. Like we should respect that. But also like my mind just wants to fill right. the gap. I need to know. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh man that's funny yeah all of a sudden it just hit I was like oh we are definitely fangirling right now yes 100% but that's like literally isn't that kind of where we started <laughs> totally I am totally okay with it totally it just sometimes it takes me a while to realize what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god man. that's so funny which Okay, so this is kind of what I was thinking of while reading it, which I think maybe is why in my mind I was just like, of course this would happen. But the other podcast that both of us like, Reply All, they Mm -hmm. talked about doing therapy together. And how they had to take time both for their friendship and their working relationship to go to, like, essentially couples therapy. Yeah. um, Because when things sort of 
bloom quickly like that, there's issues with what each of you are doing in the business and in the friendship side. So to me, like when I was reading it here too, I was like, this is just what happens when you suddenly yes. go into podcasting serious business with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new norm, I guess. So um, that is the other pair that we stand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> no, but yes, but, that's a really good point. They are, and that is like two examples of like podcasts that are carried most. I mean, they're really care. They have awesome content, but also right. are carried by the relationship. Like that right. is Those why interactions. You tune in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But then you reminded me there were some painful sentences in this book. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you were really feeling like it would never be again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That just sounded miserable to me. Like the idea of like pretending like things are fine and doing your little chatty chat. And then also at the same time being like, yep, not going to be friends with you for yeah. the rest of my life. I think like <laughs> totally. Jesus. Gosh, I know it's so so upsetting yeah but you know there's also sides of that that I can relate to where there's people where all of a sudden they're like oh what's up with so-and-so and And you're just like yeah no you know and then you're like is this gonna be worth my time to do that stretch like they talk about totally totally is it actually time to move on yeah the weird friendship ghosting version essentially yeah no it's true I think they did a really nice job of like kind of explaining that concept the stretch of how like you know when things are when things are new it is almost like like a romantic relationship it's almost like that new new uh relationship energy where everybody's like of course I want to hang out with you all the time and of course we're gonna like you know everything's exciting and so There doesn't have to be much of a stretch because there is both are just globbing yeah. onto each other essentially. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then when when there is almost like the push comes to shove and somebody has to make a stretch for the other person and yeah, yeah. it's for me reading about that and thinking about that was mm-hmm. a little challenging for me like emotionally because I as a military kid moved around so much that right. for me holding on to relationships and friendships is something that I just I never really built up super duper strong skills at like right through social media there are like actually a ton of people who I went to like elementary or middle school who I like see mm-hmm. via social media and some even where we'll like message back and forth uh, every once in a while about, I don't know, like politics or whatever. Like it makes me very happy to see that some of the people <laughs> that I have friendships with back then are like, like we have values that align now, but, right, right. um, but I just, I, there are so many friendships that I just have nowhere near any kind of a close relationship with anymore. Like totally. nothing more than like acquaintance and like some people who that, that makes me really sad. Like there are some people mm-hmm. who I did not put in the time I did not like make the stretch essentially to be as close as as I was at the time and obviously we all know that relationships change and you know things things Mm -hmm. in our lives come up we all we all move in different directions but I don't think that 
for me, like investing in relationships in that kind of a way that really like meaning and la- meaningful and lasting way wasn't something that I built a lot of skills around. And so for me, like reflecting on all of all of that that it takes, it was both illuminating because it was like, oh, shoot, like that is what people have to do. And then mm-hmm. it was also like a little bit saddening because I was like, oh, shoot, that's what I did not do. That's what I have not done. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's tough. I feel like I also had a lot of feelings when in that section talking about that stretch because, and I I think we've talked about this before, um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I was essentially in a relationship since I was 16 years old. And Mm -hmm. so when I was finally single at 25, I think, Mm -hmm. um, one thing I realized was, like, I have always put so much of my time in whoever my partner was totally. that I friendships were not a number one priority at all. And one thing I wanted to work on was, like, making sure that my friends knew I loved them and that, like, they I could make them become a priority. Yeah. And that is still something I work on all the time, every day. It's something I have to work on. But in totally. reading this, I was like, whoa, if this is something I'm still working on every day, what was I like before? (laughs) Like, I remember there was a time, you know, it's been a few years now since I think I've made significant change, but whenever that change happened, I remember thinking like, wow, I'm a much better friend now. And now I'm like, wow, if I thought I was a much better friend like three years ago, who was I before that? Like, wow, I wish I could remember. I'm also glad I don't remember, kind of, but like, dang, I must have like never called or texted anybody back. Oh. I'm thinking like, yes, nailing it. I don't think that's true. Like, I was friends with you then. and You were calling and texting. We were also in the same location, so right. it was a lot but easier. But I also think we've become, like, we have been friends that long, and we have been close, but I think we've become closer since I was single. Yeah, Like, I yeah. think it, like, you know, made me actually be like, I'm going to make an effort to come see you. I'm going to, you know, yeah. make an effort to text you or send memes or whatever. Totally, you know? yeah all my friendships kind of made that leap at that point where it was like instead of you being on I wasn't that awful but instead of being on like the back burner it was like (laughs) you're right there you know what I mean yeah I don't think I had people on the back burner but you know yeah like you definitely visited and we visited up to see you but I think like nowadays you and I definitely text way way more frequently and like we're in conversation with each other so much more frequently than we were before then true yeah I know I was actually thinking about that recently I was talking to my therapist about it where Mm -hmm. I was like yeah you know I just feel bad because most of my friends in quarantine are with their boyfriends girlfriends fiancés husbands wives whatever and then there's me like hey guys what you doing and I was like, I feel like I'm the burden because they all have someone. And he no. Was like, he was like, as someone who has been quarantined with my partner and my child, <laughs> I will tell you, it's nice when your friends reach out. Yes. And I oh was like, God, okay, yes. cool. Okay, cool. Because yes. I was like, shoot, I think even in quarantine, I've been texting everyone way more than I did before. No. 
Oh my god. Yeah, it is. It's Sometimes funny. She's just like, I don't want to see your face anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I feel the same way like a burrito. <laughs> want to see his face um what else did you think about this book um so I went on Goodreads and I like was marking that I finished reading it because I'm trying Mm -hmm. to read 40 books this year or whatever and I saw that one of the comments there aren't that many but Mm -hmm. one of the people had been like this was not about friendship at large this was just about their friendship I feel like it was just for like fans of the podcast <laughs> which annoyed me because how, how we <laughs> yeah exactly it says, it says we <laughs> exactly but also like yeah. I was like why can't you like look at how a friendship illuminates these concepts like why can't you right. look at how a friendship a particular friendship we're gonna like root it in a reality in, in evidence illuminates these concepts of friendships like I was just so annoyed with that (laughs) but then I was like is it because I'm just one of the podcasts (laughs) right well I like that you use the word illuminate and evidence in that rant just now and I feel like I was in court all of a sudden and you were winning that argument for sure (laughs) thank you honor yes yes you're welcome. I don't know what they say. Anyways. Uh, Prosecution rest. <laughs> like she said. <laughs> there I am not on the thing. Um, no, I think, okay, maybe again it's because I'm one of the podcast listeners, but I thought they did a good job of not overly talking about, like, the specifics of the podcast. Yeah. It was about their friendship and their friendship yeah. does involve running a business together and part of right. that is a podcast. But it didn't right. it wasn't a book about the podcast. Yeah. It was like I a agree. little bit about how that has affected their friendship. Totally. But yeah, I thought that was actually something like a mental note I had made where I was like, Oh cool, they didn't like I feel like they didn't overly talk about which if they did, sure, do it. I don't care. But like, <laughs> yeah, like there is no rule that you're not allowed. <laughs> right. Do not mention the podcast. Do not mention the thing that brought you to writing this book that we're both reading right, right now. But exactly. no, I, I just felt like it was more like, oh, I feel like more people could read this because it's not specifically about that. Totally. But. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, I, I feel terrible because I don't remember this <laughs> the exact book that I'm referring back to that we read before. Right, I think yeah. it was Text Me When You I Go. I feel like but... it must have been. Yeah, I think it was. And I think it was Kayleen Chafer because I think it was Jill Filipovich, whose name is fun to say, who yeah. wrote The H Spot, which is different. Right, yes. Oh, man. Anyways, keep going <laughs> with what you were saying. Okay, well, okay. So that other book was also about friendship. Friendship, mm-hmm. you know, at large. Right. Um, but also, I think, was focused on, like, female friendship. Um, and right was kind of, yeah, it was, it was like, female friendship, and there was some history in it, and there was some current, and it was talking about trends, and how there's not a lot of research. Regardless, this book is also about friendship. It's centered in their friendship, yeah. which is a female 
heterosexual, like two female heterosexual, as as far as they have shared, heterosexual men. I think they said they're, anyways, that doesn't really matter. I mean, it kind of does. But (laughs) similar kind of concept, but really, really rooted in their friendship. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was like an interesting and notable difference because I feel like that other book, well, like I mentioned, it goes into history, it goes into research, it goes into like science in a much more um, detailed way. Whereas this book takes similar concepts, does have, you know, a little bit of history, a little bit of research, a little bit of science, but far less because it's much more rooted in their friendship. And I thought that was interesting because I think to talk about this concept coming at it from different angles is valuable. Mm -hmm. You want the more maybe uh, clinical, although I would not describe text me when you get home as clinical, but um, (laughs) the more, (laughs) the more detailed yet emotionally not as deep versus this one, maybe is a little bit less detailed about the specifics of like the research around friendship, but is more emotionally deep in in the specifics of their friendship. Right. This has the lived evidence of this versus Mm -hmm. the like, yeah, scientific or historical based research that's been done. This has their personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, well, now I should go back and read that other book. I think I just (laughs) gave it away, actually. I think um, you did. I think it was on your list of giveaways. I think it was in my list. Shoot. Um, <laughs> you can you can take mine. I think I've got it here still. Although oh maybe, God. I don't know, maybe I give it away too. But yeah, no, I, I thought that was, I liked having that more personal touch and I liked having that, uh, that flavor to it mm-hmm. of having more experience. I also thought, you know, the, they, and they do talk about some interesting percentages in this chapter that I did not know, but like the one, um, I think the trap door where Mm -hmm. Amnatu is talking about like the time she goes to Anne's house and there's that birthday for someone else. She is the only black person there. Um, and you know, I appreciate that chapter a lot. I feel like that's something I've been trying to focus on in my life personally a lot in the last few years. Um, Especially after, like, leaving Mills, I think a lot of my friends were, like, white men at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, after that, I tried to start paying a little bit more attention to who was in my life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And also figuring out that balance of, like, what's the appropriate amount to be, like, who's in my life? And, like... Right. Without know. tokenizing people. Exactly. But also being, like, mindful and inquisitive and reflective about, like, right. the social circles. More like, who am I reaching out to be friend versus, like, totally. who can I get in my friend group? But, Ooh, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, there's also, like, I can't remember what those percentages were, but it's in the trap oh, yeah. door. But how do I keep in? It was Brent Berry, a demographer, who was looking at wedding parties. He found that 3.7% of whites were close enough to black people to include them in their wedding parties. Meanwhile, 22.2% of black people had white groomsmen or bridesmaids, which is like, that's a huge difference. Huge difference. When white people, 99, so this is kind of old, but in 99, 42% of white people said they had close friends of another race. But when they actually had to write down the names of their closest oh, friends right. and then identify their races, only six people, or not six people, <laughs> six percent, sorry, six oh percent God. of whites listed a black 
friend when the same questions were posed to black people. 62, 62 compared to 6%. Oh, no, 62 compared to 42, sorry. Said they had a white friend. And then when they wrote down the names, 15% compared to 6. Wow. Wait, what page was that again? That is 135. Okay. Both of those. So it's from a study in 1999. And then the first one I mentioned about the wedding um, was in 2006. Right. Yeah. So So there you go. There's a lot of Those numbers were shocking. Yeah. But but are they really? I mean, like, no, 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 no. That's the wrong word. Sorry, I was distracted reading while I was speaking. No, um, no, they were not shocking to me. But it was, I it was startling to actually see yeah. those numbers. The numbers, like, yeah. See, like, you know, I understand a decent amount or some amount of race relations and the struggles that have existed in this country until right now and into the future, but sometimes seeing numbers so like starkly written out like that about something not frivolous but something so small as like your your bridal party your grooms and party like it just puts it into another like quite eye-opening percentage there totally it was interesting well and something that is interesting to think about is i think People who have bridal parties are usually younger. Like, as you get older, that becomes, yeah. like, a little bit less of a thing. So right. I, I would be curious to know, like, how – what were the ages of these people that he was studying? Because he studies, like, right. what, a thousand photographs of wedding parties? And I would also be curious to see, like, does the number – how, if at all, would it change over time if you were looking at as people get older? Because I think something right. that was highlighted was how, with age – we kind of tend to, and we all know this anecdotally in our own experience, we tend to have smaller and smaller friend groups just in general. Right. Like it becomes harder to maintain lots of friendships. You spend a little bit more time and effort on the more strong relationships. And right. so that also means though that you're essentially making choices about who's going to be in your life as, as life continues. And right. as we know from just god this whole this whole country this whole year but we know that that our our uh country is extremely segregated right and so the numbers bear it out like in in this research but i i also wonder like as as you get older as you winnow down your friend groups does the gap widen my guess would be it does but i i don't know that's what i was going to ask what your some what your guess would be you think that there would be less you, your friend group would end up being more and more your own race is that what you're saying yeah 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 interesting that would be my guess yeah because also thinking about like people move to like suburbs which yeah. tend to be extremely segregated mm-hmm. um or yeah, they move know. away from their college town back home and these friends totally. made have been college friends yeah totally totally huh that's interesting. Moving away from an urban area to a t- small town. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, it's very foreign to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, says the woman who's lived, like, in several different places in the world, though. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I I really appreciated that they brought that up because that mm-hmm. is, like, 
it's got to be a huge part of their relationship, understanding. And they brought this up, too, in the book, that although on some, like, um, personality and, like, heart levels, they're so similar, in how right. they navigate the world is so different, just not because right. of them, but because of society. Right. Yeah, I thought that, actually, that's sort of how they started the book, right? It was talking about how they had started their friendship based friendship based off of similarities mm-hmm. and then they were realizing that like those differences are very important and very big totally. and yeah that also made me sort of reflect like okay like do i with my friends do we do i talk about big differences between us with them and i think i think i do a pretty good job with mm-hmm. that with my friends and if i don't and there's someone with keeping around it's like okay well clearly this is an important thing to do like we should yeah. start talking about big life things, you know, how yeah. we walk through the world. Um, totally. Just, yeah, those are important, maybe more important than the similarities, because those are easy to see and they'll always be there, you know. True, 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 true. Huh. Well, and I appreciate in talking about when they went to see that therapist and they were, like, recognizing, you know, that the differences had made them all of the differences, the differences between them, maybe this drink is hitting me, (laughs) was making, (laughs) oh no, the differences were being like, they're being, they made, they're made bigger. Oh my God. (laughs) The point is, (laughs) <laughs> their conflict resolution styles and communication styles were so different mm-hmm. that oh they were their essentially like magnifying it was magnifying the differences between them yes that's what i was trying to say <laughs> yes yes that makes really sense. poorly which really really poorly i don't know why this just reminded me of this but this book did make me want to have friends over for various dips. The fact that they <laughs> both have, like, dips that they make and they would just yes. go watch movies and eat dip. I was I like, know. why don't I just eat more dip with all my friends? Like, that sounds... That's clearly... Well, I mean, minus right now because of COVID. Yes. But in the before times and in the after times, I need to eat dips. more dip with my friends. Yeah, and when she mentioned Rotel, I was like, "Oh man, I haven't seen Rotel in so long. I want to make a Rotel dip." (laughs) Oh my god, be wild! But yeah, oh yes, the other thing that going back to their friendship, sort of hitting those rough patches when they were talking about all those desert trips. Mm-hmm. I remember those on Instagram like so clearly and <laughs> yeah. one of them was around the same time that we did the veggie Maggie trip oh yeah and you and I are kind of the only people that keep in touch from that trip that is true but I remember yeah. thinking yeah consistently but I remember thinking like Oh, wow, look, I think they were, like, in Palm Springs oh my the God. weekend after or something. I yes, thinking, oh I remember gosh, you texting how me. How funny, they're there the weekend after us. And just thinking those yes. desert parties seemed so amazing. And then to now read this and be like, oh, there yeah. was troubles. There was, like, issues. 
Not everything is always so, I mean, we know this, not everything is how people portray it on Instagram, but that but seemed big it's hard to, to me. To <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, exactly. I was like, whoa, this was not like, you ate my sandwich I was saving. This is like serious, serious difficulties that were happening. Yeah. That yeah. sounded, I'm sorry, that sounded miserable. There's no fucking way no. I would want to be organizing that. That sounded awful. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That also made me realize they are just nicer people than I am. Because I, <laughs> at like eight people, I would have been like, no, sorry. Yeah. People you bring can't plus ones, I'd be like, no, we don't have the room. <laughs> yeah. I would have 100% been like, sorry. And then yeah. they got to what, like 30 people? And they were just like, Great. oh, God. No. Mm-mm. No, I thank you. I tr- okay. This is all making me think back to Vaggie Maggie. We had four people. <laughs> And it yeah. ended with you asleep and the rest of us bawling. <laughs> like, that was four people. I can't imagine being in the desert <laughs> with 30 people. No. Although I could probably slip off and go to sleep a lot more easily with 30 people. That's true. If there was 30 people, I could have gone to sleep too. <laughs> you know, I will say you going off to sleep is just a funny thing. It's still, like, one of my favorite photos of you passed out on my couch holding the entire bottle of Crystal Geyser bubbly water. (laughs) It's so good. Holding it as if you were wasted and it was, like, a bottle of rum, you know? And you're just, like, knocked out. No, it's bubbly water. And Michael's just, like, eating dominoes. Like, eh. (laughs) Oh, my God. The amount of times that I've, like, snuck off and gone to sleep at one of your parties. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Yeah, we oh, have shoot. gone off. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like I didn't do as always. I will say this forever. I did not do a good enough job of taking notes and I, I know. And I wanted to talk about. I know. I thought about that when I was like in the last chapter. I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. no." Because I always do that, where I'm just like, oh, this is good, and I just start reading it. Yes, exactly. And then... The problem is we read too good of books, God damn it. I know. I thought you were going to say, we read too good, and I was like, that too. That too. I am yeah, really good at reading. You're a good reader. Never forget, you're a good, good reader. reader. You should put that on, like, a dating profile, like, a good reader. Like, <laughs> good wouldn't reader. that just be such a funny way to describe yourself? <laughs> My current, it it goes with my current profile. My current dating okay. profile says, I'm a little unstable, but loyal AF. And Aww. then it says, I am extreme, I'm a very slow eater and drinker. So yeah, that's oh it. I could, I could add, I'm a I'm very a good, good reader. Very good reader. Yes. Very good. <laughs> I've been told I'm a very good reader. Okay, that's getting added for sure. Yes, it's definitely. Definitely not going to increase my swipes at all. Uh, listeners, if you're interested in a very good reader, <laughs> go look for Olivia's profile. Who takes two hours to finish one drink sometimes. Not tonight. <laughs> I just finished two glasses. Ooh, that's Sauvignon Blanc. I know. Clearly, the nog went to my head at a certain point there, but I'm feeling better now. You're like, and the, and the, and the, and the. <laughs> it gets bigger, and then it gets larger. That point just got so confusing. <laughs> I understand. 
Um, okay, is there anything else we should say about this? Um, well, to wrap it up, I would definitely suggest that people read this yes. and reflect on their own friendships and their friendship habits and their yes. communication styles and their conflict resolution styles yes. and their stretches and what they value. And yes. yeah. I was excited to keep keep yelling yes after everything you were saying. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I agree. Uh, I think, like I said, if if you're ever someone who's been dealing with that of feeling like, why do people not let me break up with friends? Why do people try to put controls over, like, who you're friends with or tell you that, like, you should be putting in more effort when it's someone that's not worth it or when you want to put an effort for someone that is worth it, like, this is a yeah. great book that it explains all of those feelings that, like, you might have been struggling through. Okay. I love this book. Everyone should read it. Yes. Um, what are we reading next? Our next book is Ali Wong's book, Dear Girls. Yes. Intimate Tales, Untold Secrets, and Advice for Living Your Best Life. Love it. Where can people find us? My God. Um, supposedly, they can find us on Instagram, Uh Twitter, at Gmail. Yep. All at Drunk of the Book, right? Yeah, at Drunk of the Book. Well, this was fun. And hopefully our two listeners enjoy. Okay, ready? Yeah. Let's get... Let's get... <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, wait.